Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 254. That's 254. It's the ENS Wolves Podcast live from preseason. Espanol, Alicante, Benidorm. <laughs> there was no need for that. Oh dear. Uh, I'm your host Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined by from, from our Airbnb, just just one minute away from this trip, with with all the poor Mr. Liam Keane. Liam, come in, baby. Hola. Hola, señor. Como estás? Oh, don't know. I'm lost there. You've lost me. Bien. <laughs> Muy bien. Liam's actually, to be fair to him, has been. He's gone on one of these these old school apps where you get marks out of twenty uh, or fifteen for uh, guessing the Spanish words and pronou- pronouncing it correct. Although, to be fair, Liam, uh, your language so far there's only so many times you can ask where is the library. <laughs> I haven't asked. Turn that the once. second. Turn the second. So you, how much is the book? Where, where are you asking? Where is the library? Look, look. Where is where is the bibliotheque? You've got to give me a little bit of credit because when we did go to that breakfast place the other day, I mm. thought I did okay. Asking for coffees. Yeah. Ask, saying sorry, are you my? Go and ask, ask for ask for coffees. I can ask for a cup of coffee. Go on then. Go on then. Hola. Yeah. <laughs> point to the coffee. Mucho, and, mucho, mucho gusto. It's oh. nice to meet you. Okay. So, um, una taza de café. Ah, oh, very good. A cup of coffee. And what do we get in response normally? Yeah, I'll bring the coffees out in a minute, mate. <laughs> no, bless him. This guy was very apologetic. He didn't speak. Uh, he didn't speak English. And do you know what? It's bang out of order, mate. Mm. Where I go, I expect mm. them to speak English for me everywhere I go. It's wow. bang out of order. Wow. Yeah, wow. Disgusting. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure the one to two thousand Wolves fans travelling to Benidorm between Wednesday and Sunday will be fluent in Spanish. So oh, yeah. They will know. They will know exactly um, what to say in the in the correct areas. Well, what is a beer, basically? <laughs> And what is a bit? I mean, we were on the first night. Well, saying that, we 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 nearly didn't get here on the first day because that that plane ride was um, well. It was interesting. It's my worst nightmare. People know that I like the finer things in life. Hence, why you know I packed my Dom Perignon and you know uh, my silk pajamas with me on this on this ten day extravaganza with my with my son. Um, And uh, yeah, it was. I knew I knew it was going to be tough for me to adapt, but when there were, I mean, I mean, it was fancy dress, fine. Don't mind a bit of fancy dress. Everyone's seen a bit of Bridgerton, that's fine. I look good in a bit of fancy dress. However, these four to six to eight guys on this plane, how we got in the air, I am, I, I'm stunned. I think we could have still been at the airport. They were puking in bags. <laughs> uh, they were puking on the floor. You could smell it before we'd taken <laughs> off. I mean, and they were in like row three and four. Ryanair, I mean, they charged for every bloody thing under the sun. I had to pay 15 quid to sit in row 9 for both of us. I mean, just imagine if you'd, if you'd bumped up to... I mean, the, the guy in row 1 with the toilet line. Horrendous. But we got here, mate. We got here, we got the car, we got a lovely apartment, and uh, think, things are good. Things are good. Life is good. Life is good. It is nice. It's, it's a bit hot, but... Um... I can't mate, mind. it's hot back at home. Monday, yeah, Tuesday, know, if you listen but... to this, it's going to be 42 degree heat. <laughs> I don't do... You look at me, I don't do well. I don't no. do well in the heat. But no. you know what? I haven't burnt yet, and it's been what two days. Yeah, you definitely, uh, you definitely, uh, from your pigmentation, definitely white to red. There's no in between. Yeah, is there? no, uh, yeah, self admittedly. Um, I mean, Carlos Cachella in our interview the other day said it was bronzed by he, the way. Yeah, very bronzed. Very bronzed. He went, "You're not built for this weather, are you?" 
<laughs> I was like, Carlos, you're bang on, mate. I am not built for this weather. He's like, you and Dendonka, not built for this weather. <laughs> but you know what? I'm getting by. I'm getting by. And uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll get a little bit of a chance to, to enjoy some, um, some time by the pool or the beach at some point. And then that's where I come into my element and burn. You burn and, so. and burn massively. <laughs> That's but, what but to be honest, like I say, um, this uh, and we've done this is our fourth fourth preseason tour now from the Express and Stars point of view. So we were first in uh, since I've been there anyway. So we were started in Switzerland. No, we started in Austria. Then went to Switzerland. Shanghai, of course, was 2019. Then pandemic and, and couldn't go last year. And uh, and and here. And I must admit, accommodation wise, this is probably. Push the put it through expenses yet? The nicest place that we've uh, that we've stayed. I've been cooking. We've got we've got different roles, haven't we? Just to let yeah. the people know. So I'm the drive designated driver, which some people will be laughing at, and uh, we'll see what happens at the end when I get my tickets. But I'll give you a little bit of credit. Yeah, so far so good. So, so Aside far, from well, you know, I thought, mate, I thought that I thought that in Switzerland, so far so good. <laughs> it was afterwards when we got home when the, when the when the letters started coming through. The, you were slowly drifting into another lane, once or twice, opening a protein bar. But other than that, you yeah. know, all good. You'd rather me drift into another lane than have me hangry, mate. That, that's that's one hundred percent certain. Yeah, as long as you don't bash out any lines before you get behind the wheel. Yeah, we'll be all right. that's true. That's very true. Um, <laughs> and uh, and designated cook as well. And you're the navigator. I'm the navigator, um, which I think I've done a good job of so far. You know, we've, yes. got, we've got from A to B pretty, yeah. pretty seamlessly. Struggled um, to get into the into the apartment a few times with your door well, skills. Well, uh, I think my skills at being the key man mm. has improved. Yeah, um, I'm getting there with that. Uh, as you, I, you know, I think I did a great job cleaning, although I didn't know how to use the dishwasher. Grocery lifter. Uh, yeah. Well, you were you were surprisingly impressed that I managed to get all the groceries into two bags. Very good. I was impressed. I, I, I could. I was actually shocked at how many times you said, "Kid, I'm really impressed with that." <laughs> I was surprised at how many times you said it. I didn't realise my voice had dropped a couple of octaves, to be fair. Oh, gee, I should have got a bit high, really. Um, we've been out two times. It's our two mornings here. We've been running 5K. Yes. Wow. How's that working out for you? <laughs> well, the, the mistake I made is that the first 5K was... Um, it wasn't massively speedy, but it was steady. It was mm-hmm. a good pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't stretch afterwards. Mm. Felt okay during the day yesterday. Mm. And then this morning woke up. Couldn't walk. No. Um, so the run today was... A good three or four minutes slower. I felt like a motivational coach today. You're, I can't. I can't. I was struggling. I was struggling. Uh, but and then I, you know, the last like k and a half, two k, I had sweat mixed with uh, sun cream dripping into my eyes, and I couldn't see a thing. And I was just running blind. It, yeah, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. But I feel better for doing it. Exactly, man. That's what I said to you. You know, the old the old man's doing okay still. To be fair, forty two coming up. You following me quite well. I was coaching you. You're doing all right. Wow. When I get you in the gym, I'll, that's where I come into my element. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, You're yeah, choking yeah. me. <laughs> no, that's later. Oh, God. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We're going out tonight. <laughs> uh, right. Let's let's talk. Before we'll, 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 we'll digress and go on to a bit more Alicante and uh, shenanigans, I'm sure, throughout the next hour or so. Um, look, Liam, the peeps, they haven't been particularly happy. It's not been a happy summer. And you can understand why, can't you? There's a lot of people who want to know exactly what's happening, who are we signing. There's been a lot of releases, there's been uh, a few, the, the odd sale, but really there's been no massive incomings. And we were praying to God before we got here that there would be one, at least one signing or a new face. And we got it. And I, and I mean, they've spent big 20, 20 million pounds, 20.5 million pounds on Nathan Collins. Where do you see in this situation, we'll talk about Nathan in a minute and what we saw at training, 
but where do you see Wolves in the terms of, of transfer dealings at this moment, incomings and also some people whose futures are still to be decided, which I assume will be sooner rather than later when uh, it bids or bid comes in? Yeah, I think um, some of those futures could have an impact. I think I should say that first, really. You're looking at Traore. I know we'll come on to all of them individually, but looking at Traore, Gibbs White, Neves, that'll have a big impact, um, I think. But, you know, it, you have to look at, the, I suppose, the model and the way that Wolves do things. And it's, it's repeating something that we've said a million times. But um, folks that are running the club are self-sufficient, self-sustaining. They're not going to invest heavily. Um, but equally, they've brought in a player in Nathan Collins for £20 million without selling anyone first. So um, there is money to spend. It's not that they're going to spend a net, which is the key thing. They're not going to spend a net of £150, £200 million. Um, that's just the, the reality. So I think you know, they're still targeting a central midfielder and a striker. They're, they're the two priorities, um, particularly with Fabio Silva potentially going out on loan. So I suspect we'll still see incomings because I think they have to make them. Um, but hedge your bets at you know a loan with an option um, something along, along those lines is, is probably more likely than anything they're not going to go out without anything anything going out they're not going to go out and spend 40-50 million on a player but look from the outside looking in you can say that okay they've spent big on Nathan Collins great and, and fantastic player um, still young and still will definitely have to grow and have to improve as a player. There's no guarantee, by the way, that he's coming straight in and starting and being the mainstay all season. They've bought this guy and he's going to be, I'm sure he could be a, a fantastic player this season, but at the same time, you know, he's young, he's going to improve. And I think just from the outcry of people and Burnley fans and, and the kind of Ferrari around the deal, it looks and seems like Wolves have got a great player. He impressed me towards the end of last season when he got through and got into the team. Uh, kept Ben Mee out of it. I know that he was doing some managerial work as well at the time, but he did brilliant, scored some goals and is, is very, very versatile. But if you're being uh, the half-empty type, you could just say, well, Nathan Collins is a replacement for Roman Sace and we've let a load of players go and this squad was paper-thin before. So so where do you where do you lie in that in that environment? Yeah, uh, probably somewhere in the middle, to be honest, because uh, Collins is a very good signing. Um, you look at, as you say, the the reaction from Burnley fans, the reaction from pundits alike, that they massively rate him. I, I liked what I saw. Uh, he, he took a little bit of time to settle into the Premier League. Sean Dyche was very, um, you know, he stuck with the old guard, if you will, with Tarkowski and me for, for, the, for the most of his reign, at least. Uh, he came in, played a few games. I think he played 12 of the last 13 Premier League games as well and and really impressed. So, um, as you say, versatile. He, he played right back for Stoke a few times, right-sided uh, centre-back. So, if he plays in a three or four, he fits all the systems for Wolves. So, yeah, very good. And, and equally, actually, if I can add, very good in the air, which he, he's a big lad as well. He's six foot four. I think yeah. that's going to... Because Wolves need to score more goals from mm. set pieces and need to have a bit more of an aerial presence. Um, Kilman should be doing better at that, and I think hopefully he will, and hopefully Collins can add to that as well. So it's definitely a good signing. Um, on the face of it, money-wise, 20 million is a lot of money, but and it's a lot of money for Wolves as well because they, they don't often go out and spend that kind of money. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, he could be worth a hell of a lot more in, in a year or two to come. So I think it's a, it's a very good signing on that, on that front. And then when you look at well, just, let me just let me just, yeah, take, I'll just I'll just pause there and say you talk about the positions that he can play and he's going to be probably on the right hand side of that defensive yeah. two or three and yeah. formation wise could he be cover or could you see him playing at right back 
even uh, with Nelson Semedo not being available or is he that backup just in an emergency if Johnny which we assume if Nelson Semedo is not ready for the start of the season will be will be starting on that right hand side of like Nuri on the left is he like an emergency cover especially with the the news that Chiquinho's done his ACL uh, it massively depends, obviously, on the formation, doesn't it? Because if they're playing five at the back, Nathan Collins is not playing wing back. No, no <laughs> so, he's definitely not playing wing back. So, uh, so it massively depends on yeah. that. Um, but if you're playing a flat back four, if yeah, if is they, he an emergency? Can he? Is, does he cover a couple of bases? Okay, well, we've got him in as a centre back, a right hand side of centre back. But look, if, if something happens before Nelson comes back, then he will be the person to to come in and, and slot in as a, that emergency cover. Yeah, I think so. I think it's an added bonus of, of signing him because make no bones about it, he's a centre-back and he will be centre-back for Wolves. But, as you've mentioned, Semedo's still trying to get back. Chiquinho... He's here, Nelson Semedo, yeah? Yes, he is, yeah. He wasn't yeah, training he, yesterday. He, he wasn't training yesterday. He's been doing some stuff on, on the grass separately, a couple of bits of running, but doing a lot of sort of rehab and strength and conditioning in the gym at the moment. Uh, equally, just to add very quickly, Totti Gomez is also doing that I, I'm not sure of what the injury is but I, I don't believe it's anything major he's mm. not got a boot on or a cast or anything like that so uh, and he has been doing some running as well same as Samedo. Um but yeah if it's, if it's a back four then Collins if it's if in an emergency if it's needed anything happens to Johnny Samedo's not back whatever it might be he can play there and that's just an added bonus of his signing I'll put you on the spot early on go for it 13 minutes in bring it on uh, do Wolves open with a back four or, or, or a back or a back three next season? And okay, I'll rephrase it. If Wolves do open with a back four next season, so two centre backs, who are the two centre backs? Oh, do you think it's still up for grabs? I think it's still up for grabs. Um... I mean, you've got four centre backs there in Connor Cody, in Max Kilman, in Willie Bolly, remember, and of course Collins. Four into two, and those, those are going to be two very disappointed players if they do if they do go with a four. And that's before back. you get to Totti Gomez or Mascara. Yeah, so of course, exactly. If they go to a four, one of those, at least one of those, probably goes on loan, mm. just as an added side mm-hmm. side note. Um, yeah. But I think you know if they do, could, go you, to could a four, you see a Kilman Collins situation, Cody on the bench? Difficult call. It's isn't a it? really difficult call because, in terms of probably naturally fitting the position, um, the athleticism. They're very, the two very, very big lads. Big boys. I think it works. Mm. Uh, obviously, both left and right side. I think I think that works. Missing Cody out, leaving but Cody out. Quiet isn't, guys. I mean, yeah, Nathan no, Collins is yeah. a man mountain. I think he does his. I think as Bruno said yesterday to us. I don't think I'm saying something I shouldn't hear. But he does his talking on the pitch. He's very loud on the pitch. He's he's very assertive on the pitch, which is what you want. But he's quite quiet. In yeah. you know when he's up, when he's off. He will have to carry on doing that because what Cody does bring, and I understand this, and this is the debate that goes on every single season and every single game, and you'll have fans that will agree and you'll have fans that will disagree, is um, if you're picking a pure centre-back, then some people will not have Conor Cody in that side. I'm, I'll, probably, I'll probably disagree with them, but from a leadership point of view, it's so important to have that because for me, especially looking at the, the last 10 games of last season, I know we can't, uh, I don't want to go on about those last 10 games but there were a lack of leaders in that side and if you take the biggest leader of all out and we need a character and if you're not going to start well and let's hope that they do and you need someone in the trenches it's very difficult I think without having him in the side now this might all be uh, talking folly because we'll probably, it'll probably be three at the back and Conor Cody will be in there with maybe Max Kilman and, and, and Nathan Collins but if it is that two and we know that Bruno likes to have a two at the back then it is a very interesting decision 
and you don't want to get it wrong. It's a massive decision because also Connor will not want to be on the bench. No player does, but you in know, a World Cup year as well, I know that's exactly. not. I, I know you know Wolves is at the forefront and he, every single game, but he'll be looking at that over his shoulder as well. You know, hasn't really played too much. Played a little bit in the um, in the Nations, but didn't even play at Molyneux. Um, Tyron Mings is out of the squad now, and he's probably looking over the shoulder, thinking, "Well, if someone is going to go ahead." I haven't played too much recently. He will not want to lose his place in that side going into um, going into a World Cup year in Qatar in November. Yeah, exactly. But you, you have to remember as well that if they do start against Leeds with a back four, it doesn't mean that they've signed a waiver and they've got to stick with back four for the rest of the season. They, you know, they the players know the back five off, off the back of their hand. They can just slot right back into that easily. Um, they have been training back four, various back four formations. The whole well, yeah, the go, whole go through the training. I mean, that's what that's what we're here for. You want to um, maybe just give you observations of what you saw yesterday and what sort of players are plugged into different positions. Yeah. It, it was fascinating. Yeah, it was really good, and the angle we had as well because it was a you know a, a ground floor angle. There was no elevation, so we didn't we weren't looking above. We were just looking from sort of the angle that they Gra- had. As ground well. floor angle. You can tell we're staying in an apartment, can't you? <laughs> it was um, yeah, it was uh, it was really really good. As, as I say, with the formations, they've been playing a lot of four three three. I was told. Um, what, what stood out to me in, uh, in in the training we went to was a four-two-three-one with Pedence playing behind Huang. Um, I think I mentioned in our video that the only reason it was Huang, I still see Huang as a winger. Really, I don't think he plays necessarily as a centre forward. But they've only got Raúl as a centre forward, and they mixed the sort of kids and the experienced players into two teams. So in the one that was four-two-three-one, Raúl was on the other side, hence why Huang was playing there. But um, yeah, interesting to see Pedence playing in that in that hole there. He's done that a couple of times under Nuno in his last season. I think he's got attributes that can really suit that. Um, interesting as well to see Gibbs White out wide on the right, um, coming narrow to allow Johnny to, um, to overlap, but then equally coming out wide to receive the ball as well. A very sort of mixed approach there. Um, and I think he could very, very well do a job there. And his versatility, if he stays, will, will help because he can play as that third midfielder if they do play in a you know, a three-five-two, whatever it might be. So, um, yeah, th- those really interested me. I think the looking at the the defenders uh, and, and the back two rather in the, in this formation, the centre halves. Um, we had Co- uh, Cody Collins and Bolly playing on the right, and they were just interchanging one after the other. Uh, on the left, Kilman and Mosquera. Mosquera is obviously right-sided, but Totti Gomez wasn't out training, so they had to have someone else there to, to interchange with Kilman. Um, so, uh, you know. It was good to see uh, you know, them trying out a few different systems. And they've been playing for the back this whole time. The, the problem is they played for the back virtually the whole of pre-season last year and they started with a five. So it's difficult to say um, if they start with a, with a five there. And, and, and Could I, it be dictated with signings further up the pitch I with think what so. they do? Yeah, I think so. I, I think I'd hedge my bets to say that the formation they play against Sporting in a mm. couple of weeks' time yeah. is potentially what they're going to start with against Leeds. Um, Equally, Bruno also likes to adapt tactically to the opposition mm. a lot as well. Mm. You know, he, he might see something in, in the way Lee's play and mm. think we should play at five here. Mm. So it, it's difficult to call. Um, but yeah, I think you're right for yeah, the other end of the pitch as well. Who's available? Because we don't know what's going to happen with Traore. Chiquinho's injured. Mm. Uh, you've then got Neto, Huang, Pedence probably for either of those two wing slots. You've only got one strike at the moment in Raul. You probably need someone else there with him. So... It massively depends on that. Okay, uh, quick fire then. So you broke the news exclusively yesterday that Troyer is in Barcelona. He's picked up a, uh, a slight hamstring strain, I guess, or he's going for a check. 
doesn't seem to be too serious. Uh, but we've got to think that I think we've got to say that Adam Traore is very. Would you say it's unlikely that he will be in and around the squad for the Leeds game? Would you say? No, okay, that's a different question. Oh. I, thought, I thought you were going to say that, uh, end of the window. Well, for the that, Leeds game, mm-hmm. I could see him still being around because okay. it, you know you have to have the interest. This injury, you know, as you say, they don't expect it to be serious. But if for any reason it is, of course, that's going to stop him making a move. Uh, oh, so you could see him potentially on the bench. I could, see, I could see him being in and around and, and it dragging on a little bit okay. towards the end of the seat, towards the end of the uh, the window. Sorry, mm. um, but if we're talking about the window it's still unlikely that he stays with Wolves. I mean, some managers are like, well, if, if, if he's not going to sign a contract, he doesn't want to be here, then I'm not going to have him in and around my squad. Do you think Bruno would, or do you think Traore is not that type of player? I mean, like you say, he came out with this squad, didn't he? He didn't go straight to Barcelona. So the fact yeah. that he did come out with the squad, he's been here, probably shows that he's part of the setup at this moment in time. Yeah, you look at the players that, that weren't. You've got Jordao, Trony Bonatini, they are not in Bruno's plans. So they no did... pizza, no pasta. <laughs> so they did not travel. I mean, that says everything you need to know. Mm. Um, Troy Ore had this issue before he travelled, but came over, was doing strength and conditioning work, a few sort of little bits here and there, not the major work mm. with the team, hence why there weren't any pictures of him. Um, and then he's since, it was yesterday, he's, uh, he's flown out to Barcelona for this scan. So uh, everything I'm told about Troy Ore, and, and to be honest with you, I've never actually interviewed him or, or met him. Mm. So... It, I'm going off what I've been told by a few people here, um, is that he is, he's not a bad egg by any means. He's been very professional. Um, he's been very happy to, to work and train, has never refused to do that for Wolves um, and happy to play as well. As, you know, mm-hmm. he, he was playing at the time when he wasn't signing a contract last season. So um, there's been no concerns on that front. It's just that he's not interested in signing the contract. It's as simple as that. Um, so I, I think Bruno would, would still be happy to have him around. And I, I can't blame him. You know, having an option like that... Mm-hmm. It makes sense. I don't think it'd be short of offers, honestly, because if you're looking at eight to ten million pounds potentially for Damatrio's services, you know, talked about Everton, West Ham being interested, uh, Leeds, I think, with Rafinha now is, is a destination where people will link him there. Uh, I mean, even I'm now discussed with you, I think, off, off off camera that the likes of Liverpool and Manchester City, those are the type of players who will, or teams, sorry, who will, eight to ten millions is a drop in the ocean. I'm not saying they're going to be anywhere near the starting lineup, but if you're taking a Mo Salah out or you're giving a, a Phil Foden a break in a Cara Cup game or last ten minutes and you're chasing it, it's a perfect opportunity to have those players when you've lost a Sterling, when you've lost a Minamino um, as a backup to your, to your main front three. So there's a lot of destinations and a lot of attractiveness, I think, um, that Adamatro will still hold on the market. Of course... If he is still here, going in January, he can sign a pre-contract agreement in six months' time, um, and he'll be on a free. And, and of course, wages will probably go up because of that, because there's no fee there. So it's a it's a very interesting wait and see, watch, and uh, it will be probably be a moving, developing situation. I would have thought in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I can, as I said, I can see it dragging on as well because it, it really depends on a team making um, an appropriate offer, mm. and of course, Wolves are going to want to try and recoup a bit of cash if they can for him. Um, but is it likely that we won't see him over here playing? Uh, or, or, difficult to say. Or in Portugal? Yeah, it, it depends really the outcome of this scan. Um, if it's a small strain, he, you know, it will take a couple of weeks or so and he may make Portugal in time. It's, it's difficult. Um, but equally, you know, unless they, you know, the, the, the club feel that he's better suited back at Compton to get the treatment... Mm. It's very, it's very possible he could come back to Spain and just work with the, the physio, the strength and conditioning coaches that are in Spain. So, uh, and that's you know with Wolves, not Barcelona. So um, 
it, yeah, we need to wait and see really what the scan says, but it's, it's yeah, very possible. Okay, Fabio Silva, Talks another about. another main person, uh, well, we thought would be a, a big player this year, um, who is supposed to be going to Anderlecht. Has he gone to Anderlecht? Is he still at home? What's the situation? There's a waiting for a one-year deal, the Wolves want a two-year deal. There's only one striker. They've actually there's no strikers coming in. They're looking at loaning Fabio out. I mean, it's a fascinating and a very surprising story that developed last week. He's not here at this moment in time. Um, is there any chance that he could here? Is that is that um, is that deal potentially not happening now? Or well, give us the update. Well, well, there's lots of ifs and buts, though, isn't there? There's a hell of a lot of ifs and buts. Mm. It's um, it's it's a bit of an odd one because it. Obviously, it all developed with the loan, and I sort of kept on top of it and kept in touch with my contacts regarding the deal. Um, and essentially, the loan's ready to go, uh, and that Wolves are... Uh, well, the sticking point, really, is the, the contract extension, as you mentioned. So he's got three years left on his deal at the moment. It ends in 2025. Um, the idea is for him to have a season-long loan uh, out at Andalect, who are willing to pay his full wages. Um, there won't be a loan fee there, but with... You know, Antelope won't be able to afford that because they're paying the full wages, but of course Wolves save on, on his wages anyway. Um, and then Wolves want to sign him to a contract extension before he goes, so Wolves are eager for a two-year extension. Um, Fabio's representatives are looking to get a one-year. They feel that that's, that's fair because he's going away for a year and Wolves are getting a year back so that it's, you know, it's evens, essentially. Uh, and that's really the sticking point at the moment because they're not they're not prepared to, to sign to uh, a two year extension uh, as it stands. Um, so it hasn't gone through yet. It's still very much up in the air. Um, and if it doesn't go through with Andelect in particular, I'm still expecting he will go out and loan somewhere. The, the idea is to is to send him out for for minutes, regular minutes, hopefully goals and confidence and experience. Bring him back as well. He turns twenty in about three days time. So bring him back as an almost twenty one year old. Um, who's hopefully ready and prepared to push on for the first team in a more consistent fashion, I think. Okay, so the season starts three weeks today. Fabio Silva could be on loan. You're left with one striker Mm -hmm. who scored six goals last season, who's come back from obviously a huge operation. Okay, he was the club's leading scorer, but was not... The Raúl Jiménez that we that we knew and loved beforehand, and there's no guarantees. I don't think that we will see that that Raúl Jiménez again. Let's hope and pray that we do, and we could get a 15 to 20 goal Raúl Jiménez banging in it again. But there's no guarantees, and you can't legislate for what's going to happen. He was frustrated last year. A lot of it, he did cut a very frustrated figure, and some of that was his was his own doing, and some of that I think was the lack of service that he got and the lack of quality that was there. But Wolves, three weeks out, have got one fit striker. Now, you might say they haven't, they've got more than one fit striker. I'm sure you no, might No, 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 I agree with you. They've got okay. one fit striker. One fit central, central <laughs> yeah. striker. Quang can play there, but mm. I, I see him. And, Hugh, and Bruno, mm. sorry, sees him as more of a winger. So if you're letting Fabio Silva, your £30 million protege, out on loan for, to see what he does, and I can understand that, I think a lot of people would say, well, they're, they're obviously bringing someone in ASAP. They've got someone ready to go. But there's been no movement as such for that. So are Wolves any closer to getting a second striker? Are they looking for a second striker or someone who can play across the front three? Um, as a main striker to Raul Jimenez or as a backup to Raul Jimenez? 
Uh, that last part is an interesting point. I think uh, I want to mention that it wouldn't surprise me to see them bring someone in who is capable of pushing out to that right side as well because, that, of course, at the moment is potentially a gap. We don't know what's happening with Traore, Chiquinho, injury, etc. So, yes, they want a striker is the, is the, is the simple answer. Um, they wanted, well, Bruno wanted a striker last summer. Mm. He tried to bring Kiefer Moore in. He was very keen on the idea of bringing a striker in who offered... I suppose you could phrase it as an old-school target man, someone who offers something a bit different, an aerial presence. Raul, I think it's fair to say, has been very good in the air during his Wolves career, but with his, the type of injury he had and the headband he's having to now wear, it was slightly different for him. Um, and I think he struggled a little bit to adapt to that, uh, particularly early on. Uh, so Bruno wanted to bring a striker in anyway, regardless of the, and Fabio was there at the time. So now that he's leaving, they definitely want to bring a striker in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier said than done. Goals are what make games and they don't come cheap. Um, at Wolves, you know, the, the phrase they have to be creative in the market is not what fans want to hear, but it's fortunately the reality of what they're doing. And um, they, they're they going to have to bring someone in on a, on a potentially a loan with a buy option um, unless they have a, a big outgoing somewhere. But um, Can you say them signing a main striker? And I, I can having... see them signing someone who's got a challenge route, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at the... You look at the the profile of the type of players they bring in, and it is very often younger players with a big ceiling, loans with options, uh, or small fees with big potential. Um, they're the kind of players they bring in. So I think they want to bring in a, a striker who's got enough experience to really challenge Raul. Um, but I'd be surprised if it's you, you're looking at someone at 32, for example, you know, 32 year old striker. I'd be surprised if they make that kind of move because if they do, it's probably not the kind of move that they're looking to make that as a permanent signing. It's probably a loan with, with the idea of keeping them just for the is year. Is it risky? Is it risky that they haven't got a second striker in at this moment in time? It, it is. Three weeks is enough time to bring one in. Um, equally, they can get through a game or two without bringing one in. But every week that goes by without bringing someone in, you're taking more of a risk, aren't you? Because mm. if anything happens to Raul, God forbid, that he gets injured, um, you're left facing a, a, a situation where probably either Huang or... Neto becomes your central striker, um, which is not really the ideal situation because that you know I don't think either of them suit that position. So um, they definitely need to bring a striker in. They want to bring a striker in, but they're also aware of where they are financially as a club and that they they need to make the right deals. So you say making the right deals and maybe waiting for a deal to happen. Twenty million pound. You can't see them spending another twenty million pound before someone leaves. Probably, most likely, yeah. So that brings me to on the on the signing front, um, Morgan Gibbs White future and Ruben Neves. We know that Gibbs White has got the rejected bids, a lot of money for Everton from Everton. I know what you're going to say in a minute. You're going to you're going to come back to a podcast that we had uh, a while ago, um, and Ruben Neves as well. I spoke to Bruno, and you know you don't know you don't know what that deal is, and they're very interesting with the Manchester United and the De Jong situation with Barcelona and what ramifications we might see from that. And I guess the worry and the main danger from uh, from the fans' point of view, and I guess the club's point of view as well, is if what if they a, a big club comes in last minute deadline day or a week before deadline with a huge offer that they cannot turn down and they have to accept, and then they cannot fill with the same kind of quality or similar quality, replacing one of their main the main integral people in, in this squad I, I must admit you know at the end of that Liverpool game at the end of the season I thought that's the last we've seen in Ruben Neves the quotes were like 
almost certain that he was going to be around. And the market's been very interesting. There's some players that have gone for big money. Some midfielders have gone for big money, but Ruben Neves is still a Wolves player, thank God. You just know that if they are going to go, you need that time to replace them. And I think that's the danger and that's the worry because if that has, if there is a huge offer that comes in and it is too late and you're Fosin, Fosin make the call. They're the ones who make the call whether they're going to sell him or not. So um, that's a, it's going to be a nervous few weeks, I think, still. You're not wrong. Mm. Um, yeah, addressing Neves first. It's a really interesting situation because... Those quotes as you mentioned after the Liverpool game, um, he was he, he didn't he left it fairly open, but I think he made it very clear that it was likely he was going to be departing, and um, you know he's got dreams in his career and he wants to to chase those. As upsetting as it is for him to leave Wolves because he loves the club and he loves living in the area and he's and he's it's been a, a dream move for him really. Um, but the situation is this that I think Wolves probably expected a bit more movement on him up until now than they have done, and frankly it's been very very quiet on him. Mm. Um, you mentioned the De Jong situation that I think is potentially going to have a big bearing on it because I can see either of those clubs Barcelona or Manchester United being interested they have been in the past and they've been linked um, so there's there's movement there and as you say the biggest worry is you get until the last week or so mm. of, this, of the transfer window and all of a sudden a club's in for him and it involves a left in a massive, massively difficult situation but equally, they have to pay the right money for him. Um, and if a club isn't going to do it, Wolves won't be forced into a sale because they want to keep hold of this player. Um, what they have got on their side is that he's still got two years, so they're not forced this summer, as I say. And the kind of character Neves is is, the, is, a, is a man who's not forcing it through himself. Mm. Now, I hope it doesn't get to the point where he does start doing that. I can't see that happening, hopefully. But he's a massively impressive professional. Um he gets on with the job. He's happy. I, you know, from, from, haven't spoken to him personally, but from what I can tell, if, he, if if the move doesn't happen, he would still be more than happy to stay with Wolves, and that's that's a great position for Wolves to be in. I guess the fear is if, let's say, Dijon goes to Manchester United mm. for eighty odd million pounds, and uh, the skint broke Barcelona, <laughs> who can't afford Traore, have already signed Rafinha for how much? Sixty odd million. They've just got Lewandowski, so they've obviously got a lot of money from wherever. Um, and I guess the fear is if, if Barcelona, who Wolves have dealt with plenty of times recently, come knocking and the relationships that are there and they offer big money for him, are you going to walk in? You're, are you Scott Sellers going to walk in and say, so we're not we're going to sell you to Barcelona? You're going to tell Ruben Neves we're not selling you to Barcelona? I'm not sure what they can do, to be honest, um, no, if he I... wants the move. The thing, like you say, Liam, that helps... Wolves, or Wolves' favour, is that he's not pushing it. He loves the club, he loves the area, his family are here. And those are things that obviously are a bonus from, from Wolves' point of view. They've treated him very well as well, the club have. And I think he appreciates that. And the fact that it's a World Cup year. And if you're going to change clubs, change countries potentially, with three months before you're in, you know, it's a big, big, big tournament, huge tournament for these guys. Ruben Neves is a starter for, for Portugal. Um, maybe that might sway him one way or the other, whether he wants to just keep his feet on the ground and know exactly what he wants and, and you know, what he's comfortable with day to day. Yeah, that may help. That may help, Wolves, definitely. If I'm honest, I'm more concerned if De Jong doesn't move to Man United because I feel that of the two clubs, United are more likely to be gung-ho, go out and spend a very, very big fee last minute to bring a player in because 
I mean, let's be honest, they're all over the shop and they have been for a number of years. Um, they will go out and spend ridiculous amounts on players who aren't worth it. And I'm not saying Neves isn't, but I think they could very well come in and, and do that. So that would concern me more. But I, yeah, as you say, I think Wolves are, are in a pretty healthy position with it. And they probably expected, as I said earlier, uh, you know, a bit more movement than it has been so far, um, which of course is going to impact the transfer window as well. Because if you're expecting a player to go and it doesn't happen and you're three, week, three weeks away from the season, then, you know, the funds aren't there necessarily to bring in two or three big players to, to replace him. So um, it's the only concern is it drags on too much to the point where Wolves lose him late on. But as it stands, Wolves are in a pretty pretty good position with him. Um, and then just to address Gibbs White, I mean, mm. do you want to do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? Well, no, how, you, how you, I, no, 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 even no, no. How I was totally, totally right. And I'm pretty, what? What? Like, don't start. What? Okay, you know what? You're not even. I'm not letting what? you address it. I'm going to address it because you, you're going to lie. Oh. So what happened is. We went for a uh, golf day with this uh, this chap, um, and we had a what chap? <laughs> Mark. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah it is Mark, isn't yeah. it? I thought it was Mark. Wow. Um, and we had a drink afterwards, mm. and we were sat there, mm. and I said to you both, mm. if Gibbs, and this was November, bear in mind, this was November. Mm, November. I said, if Gibbs, <laughs> don't, if you try and lie here, it's I'm going to be absolutely It's fine, mate. Carry on. I said to you, if Gibbs what has a good season, yeah. At Sheffield United, yeah. I could see him being worth twenty million plus, is what yeah. I said. Yeah. You both. It's after your fourth pint, wasn't it? it was, I only had one, and it okay. was, and it was after that one. Okay. And you both laughed me at the room. All of a sudden, Wolves are turning down twenty million pounds for him, and they want a hell of a lot more. You need to eat some humble pie, sir, because I was bang on. I will eat humble pie, Liam Keane. If you're, if you. Do something in the kitchen, start cooking. But I'm the one making everything. Don't even do. Look, you try and change the subject. I did it's a great job cleaning it. I you, you did, to be fair. Well, you still don't know how the dishwasher works. I'll give you. I'll give you the fact that you know. I I don't think many people, to be honest, would have expected a position where Wolves are turning down bids of twenty million pound plus for Morgan Gibbs White. Turning down bids. I've got to admit, if I did a poll at the end of last season saying, would you accept 22, 23, 24 million pound, pound plus for Morgan Gibbs-White, I guarantee the poll would have been in the 90s of yes to no. But you see him here, you see him integrating back into the squad, which he's never had an issue with, by the way. He looks fit, he looks happy, the confidence is there, and we talk about the striker situation, we talk about who's going to play in that right-hand side of a front three, could Morgan Gibbs White play as a as a as a wide forward potentially? This isn't the kid we saw a year ago, two years ago. It's a different beast, and obviously someone who's improving, and that's why there's massive interest there because a lot of other clubs are looking. And yes, he is English. Yes, he is you know an England youth international. But at the same time, they've seen a player who's destroyed the championship. Who other players have done that in the past and have gone on to bigger, big things in the, in the Premier League. Can we get him for this money, which might end up being a bargain? At the same time, he's not done it in the Premier League, so there's always that risk factor. But what is the risk factor to Wolves for not selling him? I think the risk is exceptionally low for not selling him, mm -hmm. if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. um, let's say you do sell him. Um, you've then got to replace his position, and you have to replace his position, because he's playing at the moment on the on the uh, the right, as you said, and we've already spoken about the the issues there. Traore, you don't know what's happening there. Chiquinho's injury. He's playing in the position that they 
arguably potentially need an addition in, let alone letting the player go. And when you've got a player in the squad that Bruno is a massive fan of, has clearly had a very good season, is full of confidence and is talented. If you let him go for, let's say, off the top of my head, 25 million, mm-hmm. you've got to bring a player in that is going to minimum add what he's going to add, if not better that, for similar, if not less money. It's a, it's a hard task. Yeah. That's a really hard task. Yeah. You, why would you sell the player if, they, if he's already in your squad? He's there to mm. play. Why mm. would you, you're just making a rod of your own back while let him go. Now, because Foson need to balance the books and it's got to be self-sufficient. And if you're... Well, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, Liam, but if you're, if you're losing um, potentially you know, Fabio Silva and you need to get two or three players on board, if you can use that money and reinvest that money and get a, spend seven or eight million pound or ten million pound on a striker, if you can spend seven or eight million pound on a right-hand sided player who maybe has got the potential to be Gibbs White or, or even someone who's maybe has done more in the Premier League than, than Morgan Gibbs White and still have some money left over being that self-sufficient team and self-sufficient club that we've heard so much about that's why they would potentially sell him and saying yes he could go off but he also let's be honest he could do nothing in the Premier League he could be he could be on the bench after three games for Everton so so it's a it's a calculated risk and yes. um, and it's I'm not sure whether there's there's a, a right or wrong answer in this one, and that's the uh, that's the interesting one. I think wrong at this moment in time to sell him if they're not going to replace him, absolutely. But if if Wolves need that money, remember they've just spent twenty million pound on Colhins as well. If they need that money to balance the books and to get some more players across the line, multiple players, then maybe that might work. Yeah, I can I can see the argument, but for me, I just you just don't mm. you don't let him go. But equally, every player's got a price, is the old cliche. Mm. Um, Said Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Before your time, yeah, way before. Okay. If if Wolves, if they have their resolve tested by a club who is willing to spend money, and let's not forget, Everton are a club who have spent wildly and very poorly in the past, and have just sold Richarlison for sixty odd billion. Mm. So there's money there to spend. If if a club comes in and offers money that is very difficult to turn down, if not too good to turn down, and what's Wolf- too good to turn down then for Morgan's White? Well, that I mean. I mean, I don't write the cheques, so it's easy for me to go higher. No, honest. you don't. Uh, <laughs> You'll be sending in the receipts to expenses, though, at the end of this trip. Yeah, damn right. Christ. Um, I, I, off the top of my head, I think £30 million is, you're talking money that is difficult to turn down, I would argue. It's um, amazing when you're thinking rumours of £40 million for Ruben Neves. I mean, that's just silly, if you ask me. I think he's way, way, I think, way I think, I think so, too. But when people are talking about those kind of figures... And yeah, you, these, these are the 14-year-olds on Twitter who don't have their own profile picture who are talking about... So what, what do Wolves sell, sell Nevers for, would you say? Oh, I mean, I, I, I genuinely haven't got information on a, on a figure. Um, for, but for my opinion, I don't go any lower than 60 or 65. I don't go any lower than that. I go potentially slightly higher. Um, they're selling for less than that for me I think I think they would sell for less than that and I, I agree with you yeah, yeah. but I think that they would probably yeah yeah no so with Gibbs White the you know the, the, yeah, every player's got a price and what was if, Calvin if Phillips what was Calvin Phillips in Man City he was 45 40, 42 million oh there you go yeah mm. um, you have your resolve tested yeah. and saying he's more than that by the way he's worth more than Calvin Phillips I agree so, yeah yeah, 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 sorry. yeah carry on um then of course he could go if you know if, if the right money's there. Um, but Wolves are very keen to keep hold of him. Bruno is a big fan of him. He wanted him to stay last summer, although he wouldn't have played as many games as he did for Sheffield United. But of course, but he wanted him to stay last summer. In January, he offered him the chance to come back, and Gibbs White decided to, to stay on loan. 
He's massively keen to keep hold of him this summer. The club are massively keen to keep hold of him. And it's only gonna, he's only going to leave if the money is difficult to turn down. Simple as that. And they've turned down 20, and that gives you a good indicator of where they're at. Doing all right there, Keno. I think we've uh, covered the bases of a lot of the players. Um, we're going to have another podcast on Thursday, which will be after the Alaves game. So we'll talk more, and if, if you wanted more about certain players, and we'll definitely come back to it. But we, you know, we've only got certain bits that we can get to. But I think that was a good little roundup of of the summer and uh, where we are at this moment in time. Um, first of all, I want to say before we carry on, football prizes have been um, sponsoring them, or they've been um, lucky enough to to help us out uh, recently. They've got some great auction items, amazing auction items weekly. This week closes Thursday, seven thirty p.m. Football prizes a signed Connor Cody shirt. How do you like that, Liam? The signed Connor Cody shirt. Be awesome, wouldn't it? Beautiful. Framed, ready to go. You could win it for as, as little as £3.50. £3.50, which is what you're on a day here <laughs> at the Express and Star. Thursday, the 21st of July, you get a 10% discount code with the number Wolves Potty. Enter Wolves Potty, a 10% discount code. Get involved, buy some tickets to the raffle. I think there's only 125 tickets for this one, so it's, you know, you've got a great chance. Uh, why not to get involved and um, I'll be tweeting that out very very soon right what should we do what should we do what should we do shall we do before we do we've got fans questions of course um, by the way like the animations that we've got uh, for this trip Kino like I think little, you know pictures? what it's not often videos it's not often I'll give you credit because frankly you mm. don't do much don't no. <laughs> you, you, you don't, let's just say you don't, <laughs> you don't earn your money do wow. you let's just say that it's astonishing um, it's astonishing the disrespect but you've done, a, you've done a good job by um, you know sending a few messages and outsourcing the work you've done a great job <laughs> Good. Cracking stuff. I was waiting for this graphic yesterday before we did our first video from this poor kid in India who's been doing it for years. To be fair, um, by the way, this isn't this is this is legal work. I'm not. I'm not some. some kid. I love how you have to stress that. Some eleven-year-old kid, you know, working away on a clip art. Bless him for, for one for one pound ten. Um, I'm paying this guy, but I was I was badgering him at 3, 4 a.m. Indian time yesterday, saying, mate, I need this graphic. I've given you three days. I need it now. So to be fair, you obliged. He's done a good job. He's done a good job. He's done a good job as um, um, Usmal4, Usmal432. <laughs> Shout out. Thanks very much. Shout out. Shout out, uh, Right. Scott Sellers. Scott Sellers. Yes. Talk to me. I mean, he's been a popular. He's been trending this summer. He's been trending this summer, um, not sometimes in the in the in the way that probably Scott Sellers would want to trend. Uh, he's here. A lot of people have different views on Scott Sellers. Where do you stand on the situation? The kind of I guess toxic nature of the tweets towards him and Jeff Shee, to be honest, as well. Uh, recently, he's over here now. He's on the training pitch. Some people, when I, I think we took a picture yesterday of him, one of us. Um, some people were saying it's an absolute joke that he's there and a lot of people other people were saying well it's his job to be there so wh- why do you think he, do you think he's do you think the abuse is warranted and where do you see him fitting in going forward is he the man who's going to deliver these players or is it a joint effort Jeff she isn't here at this moment in time by the yeah, way yeah it, it's um, th- there's a couple sort of separate points there for me because the, the abuse thing that you mentioned in terms of Twitter or social media in general um, that's a very separate point for me because um, we both get, you know, the occasional, oh, absolute <laughs> occasional tweet, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, some people get it more than others, but it's unfortunately a reality of um, having some sort of profile on Twitter, whether that's you know, one thousand followers or 
I think a million followers. You're going to get something at some time from some idiots, uh, unfortunately. Um, now, you know, the reality is that fans are allowed to have an opinion. They don't have to like anyone. Um, they're allowed to say A, B and C for whatever reason. But I think a lot of it is the way that people say it. Um, and to be honest, I'm not even going to use the word fans because... I'm convinced that some of these people that say some of these some of these things aren't even fans of the club that they do it for. It's just morons on Twitter who don't have a profile picture, don't have their name because they're too scared to put themselves out there, and then they just send people hate. So, frankly, they're complete losers. Um, and some of the things that are out there is bang on disgusting, to be honest. I mean, I, <laughs> some of it's bad. Um, and that's not just Wolves-related. I'm talking about anything. It could be a famous actor. It could be, you know... Wayne Rooney, I don't know, anyone, pick a, pick a name. Famous um, actor Wayne Rooney. Yeah, I, couldn't, okay. I, couldn't, Interesting. I couldn't think of someone else. <laughs> I, I, maybe I shouldn't have chosen Wayne of all people. Um, but look, if that for me is a totally separate point because mm. social media and the way that people act on there is, um, yeah, just ridiculous a lot of the time. And don't get me wrong, there's also a lot of people who are very sensible and have good engagement and have good back and forth with us and other people as well. It's not all one-sided, but there's just a lot of morons on there. But people can also disagree and, 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 and question things that, exactly. in, in a correct manner. And, exactly. and, people, and that's understandable. I can understand it. There's frustrations there, isn't there? And, yeah. and, and I, I guess I can empathise with, with some people. Yeah, exactly. Now, that, that was my first sentence. My first sentence is you don't have to like anyone. You don't have to agree with them. Mm. I think it's the way of going about how you're going to disagree with someone and having a conversation because um, some of the things are just a little bit ridiculous um, in terms of in terms of Scott himself I mean we didn't get a chance unfortunately to, to speak to him yesterday um, he, he was he was busy at the time but um, hopefully we'll sort of bump into him uh, during the week but um, yeah I think some people just get a little bit confused is probably the best way to put it of what a technical director actually does um, so he doesn't have to be in Wolverhampton at his desk with a suit and tie on the whole time on the phone with players that's not that's not his job you know he liaises with the medical team he works with the recruitment team of course as well sports science team he he's like you know the overseas overseas all of these things the academy as well there's so many things he oversees it's it's a to be honest with you it's actually a, a crazy job but it's modern football because it's it's so many different things you have to look after People think that he sits there, identifies players, says, does anyone want to sign this player? No, just you know, puts an X or a tick next to their name, that's it. Um, he, he works on all these things, as I say, medical team, uh, sports science team, the recruitment, everything. Um, in terms of the players, he doesn't go out there and sort of scout and look for players himself. M- Matt Hobbs and, and, and a big, very big team that he's got do that and bring targets to... Scott to Jeff to Bruno to the sort of committee style of how they organise transfers um, and that's just the way it is and then you know some people will question why he's out in um, in Spain and other people might not be or yeah and why he's here at all really um, the reality is that he's got a very close relationship with Bruno they get on really well um, he's here for several reasons one of them being Communication, you know, if something gets brought to them and they need to sign someone or they need to make a, a decision here and there, he's there in person to speak to Bruno mm. and they make a decision. It's, I think, it's quite a sensible way of doing it. Um, he's also building relationships as well. You know, there's lots of different reasons as to why he's out here. You can question why he's on the the training pitch and why he's when we we saw him talking to to Conor Ronan and giving him what looked like a few sort of tactical 
uh, bits, pieces of advice, for example, you can question why he's doing that and people won't like it and you're allowed to question it. You're allowed, you're allowed to not like it. But I think the biggest thing is people don't understand what the role is. They think he sits there and just signs players and does it almost on his own and you know, has the blinkers on, doesn't listen to anyone. That's not the case. There's a lot of different reasons as to why he's out here, as I've just mentioned. Okay, I think you explained that pretty well, Liam, to be honest. So, um, there's a first time for everything. Right, should we take some uh, questions Lol. from the beautiful people? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, here we go. Um, Amar's Music Show, straight in. Uh, out of all the players who've been linked this summer, which one is the most likely to be a Wolves player at the start of the season? I mean, how many... How many I, 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 I'm sorry to do this on the first question, but I don't even know how I can answer that. Because there's... 200 players get linked to Wolves yeah. every summer and yeah. most of them um, yeah, yeah it's which are the more outlandish ones you've heard um, Taliska back in back in the news today well I'll bring out Matthias Nunes and I won't say that mm. I won't say that Wolves you know they're not going to sign him yeah. but what I will Paulinho say Paulinho was obviously the, the whole they looked at that, saga yeah. what I will say is Wolves when have ever, Wolves? When have Wolves ever gone out and spent forty-five million pounds on a player? I know they bought in Semedo for a lot of money. They brought in Fabio Silva, but that was, of course, after some outgoings. Um, so, if that's the kind of money we're talking for, Nunes, don't don't be holding your breath. I'll put it that way. There's a lot of the questions that I think um, I, I'm not going to go to because we've kind of answered them as well. So, like nothing but Neto saying about is it going to be four or five at the back yeah. this year? Neves, what's the vibe at Manu? So, there's a lot of ones that um, I am reading, guys. But hopefully, we've answered them. Um, but with our discussions in the last 50 minutes or so uh, okay um, Robert Dank says Buenos tardes Nathan is Buenos tardes like good day in Spanish what is it I honestly I read that and I couldn't remember what tardes was oh, so come I, on. I'm gonna come on get on the app get on, get on your little app minus one mark Buenos tardes good it's, evening good evening I didn't know that I didn't know good evening um, why is Bruno continuing to wear tracksuit bottoms in this heat? It's funny that that question came in because I actually thought that when I saw him yesterday. I thought tracksuit bottoms is thirty-one degrees, Bruno. Well, no. What are you was, doing, man? And he was running around pressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's going to be some sweaty thighs there, <laughs> some drips on those calves. Well, he's a he's a he's a very fit young a, man. He's a fit young man. He gets around the pitch well. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, okay, here we go. I mean, talking about Connor Cody in the in the in the whether he's going to fit in the system or not. So we've got that. What does the future hold for Jordao? How much would he be worth if we sold him? Says Paul Mansell. Well, he's worth whatever a club will pay for him. It's it's you know that's the reality. Um, the deal that saw him and Neto come in, obviously it was a, a joint thing, and it was obviously joint announced. But I think it was around about eight million. Is the number that sort of gets touted for him um, individually? If, if you can sort of divvy it up that way. Mm. Um, but the, yeah, the, the long and short of it is that he's not in Bruno's plans. If he was, he'd be out here. Um, he is going to get a move this summer, provided you know a club comes in for him, and whether that's a loan or permanent. Either of them are possible at the moment, but you've just got to see what interest is out there. But either way, he's not going to play for the Wolves' first team this wow. season. Okay. Uh, Unless all of a sudden, yeah. you know, three players get injured and they've got no one left, so he's in the under-23s and they're desperate, but it's not going to happen. Craig says, of all the places you've recorded a podcast from, where is your favourite? It has to be here. It has to be. In I, Benidorm? It has to be, because I do it either. I've done it twice with you at Molyneux, and the rest of the time... Molyneux's a pretty good place to record a podcast. Molyneux is a good place to record it, I do agree. But um, it has to be here, because it's, otherwise it's just me sat at home. Yeah, <laughs> so. It's true, it's true. Uh, 
I mean, I've got to say, I've got to say, Molyneux is a pretty special place to record a podcast. I do like it. Um, I guess I've got to include the live podcast there as well. So that was kind of the best place to record the podcast, I guess, in front of the studio audience. Maybe we might do that this season. You never know, Keenan. Um, I was there else? for that, you know. Were you there? Yeah, yeah. Were you a little fanboy? Yeah, yeah. How did you pay your ten quid ticket? No, no, no. Because oh. I, I was working uh, on news at the time, wasn't I? E&S, so uh, I, I just I came along and uh, I, I, I mean, you were obviously remember this because I was a nobody team obviously. back then. But I, oh, I yeah. I'm really kidding. <laughs> I really like what you do too. Shut up, you dork. Um, I uh, yeah, I came into a little green room that you had in the back. Oh, came, did you? I came and said hello to you. Both oh, and, uh, did you? Bless and you. And you were like, oh, hi, mate. What's going on? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you weren't really. You know. All right, John. You, good pretend, to see you, you mate. pretended you knew who I was. Oh yeah, I do that a lot. Um, yeah, I would say that Shanghai pretty cool. I would have thought. Yeah, I can imagine that'd be good. Uh, there's a few European. Places that we that we um, that we recorded in, but yeah, there's there's been some great ones. Now this is this is funny. It's always nice to record away in pre-season, and like I said, we'll have another one on Thursday, uh, post Alaves and pre Bajiktas Roman size derby. Uh, guess there's another one you've, you've talked about, Scott Sellers, but a lot of people asking Kino Ash Dolan, does Scott Sellers have the easiest job in football? <sighs> it might be the hardest job in football. I'm not trying to you know give, pay lip service, but. The amount of things he has to keep across, um, it, it sounds very stressful, if I'm honest with you. Um, I mean, our lives in this job are stressful enough, so... I, yeah. don't, I don't get this one. Who's got the bigger Corey, Spears or Kim? What's the Corey? See, I read that and Spears I... Spears or one second, let me have a look. I didn't Google. really know, I mean, but I obviously can guess. Corey. Corey. What's a Corey? Who's got the... What? Biggest Corey, one second... No, it's not coming up. What is it, Keno? I don't know. But oh. off the top of my can head... Can anyone uh, let, let us know what, what Corey means? No idea. No idea. Chief. I, I think we can guess, can't we? Ego? Uh, yeah, go with that. Um, Mike Allen says, Why have we not done the business sooner? We, we have known before the end of last season what we needed. One defender. Our player's not interested in coming to the Wolves. But, I mean, look, I understand the frustration. It's an interesting second point that Mike makes. Are players not interested in coming to Wolves? Now, we talk about ambition. We talk about Wolves is, you know, they were closest to Champions League at one point last season. We knew that that wasn't going to happen, but there was a real European potential before it all went, you know, belly up at the end of last season. So, and we were talking about December and talking January and take, getting a signing in. Would one or two signings push them into European football? And to be honest, you can make that, that, that point that maybe it could have done with the way that they finished, maybe they could have... They were only four or five points away from European football and despite that horrific run towards the end of the season. But it's not just getting into European football, it's attracting other players who see ambition, who see what they want to do, who see, I want to be playing European football, I want to be playing against the best players. But if the likes of Ruben Neves, his future is in doubt and you want to go and play with great players, people want to come and play with Ruben Neves. People want to play with an ambitious club or do you think it's just money these days? But do players get put off because they look and they go, well, they're not really spending, they're self-sufficient, maybe the goals aren't as high as what they first thought, so I might go somewhere else where I might get you know, European football or, or there's a bit more cash flowing about. Or is it basically not that case these days? It's about going into an environment, obviously paying the wages, having agreeing a fee, and wherever I end up, I end up. I think individual cases, it can be a bit of both with, with certain players. But look, the reality is if... Wolves are... If a player's got an option to go to Man City or to go to Wolves, I think everyone knows 
that player is more likely to choose Man City. Um, it's the same as if they had the option to go Leon Orient or Barcelona. <laughs> going to choose, you know, not to say that's the gap between Man City and Wolves because it's not, but it's the reality of of where those clubs are at. Um, but I still believe, and I think a lot of players believe, that Wolves is a very attractive proposition mm-hmm. for for any player. For a number of reasons, which I'll run through quite quickly, but one of them being, look at some of the players they've brought in and where they've got on to. Diogo Jota, for example. Ruben Neves, for me, is one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. There's several players you can point at and say they've not only improved their own careers and improved as players, but they've improved their chances of going on and winning things. And, you know, it's not the best thing that Wolves fans want to hear, that players might leave. But players leave from every club. You know, Bernardo Silva's potentially going to leave Man City for Barcelona. It's just, you know, it's just what happens in modern football. So um, that's one point. I think the facilities that they've got at both Molyneux, at Compton, um, the, the staff and the manager and all the everything behind the scenes, I think is very attractive to, to any player. And the fact that they play in the Premier League, which is by far the best league in the world... Mm. Is attractive to any player, so I, I don't believe for a second that Wolves is unattractive. Um, it's just a certain caliber of player. Are they going to sign Cristiano Ronaldo when he leaves? I don't know. Are United? they? Are they? Probably not. No. Come on, George. <laughs> most, Make li- it most likely not. But can they sign? Really, really good centre. <laughs> imagine, yeah. Look, I mean, look at the squad they've got now. They, albeit there's issues potentially of the size. Neto, Pedence, Raúl, Moutinho, Neves. Cody, these are very, very good footballers. Simple as that. Simples. Uh, Mark Bromley, with main squad members Ruddy, Hoover, Saiz, Marcel, Trincao, Silva, soon, he says, having already left our small squad plus fringe players like Sanderson and Giles going too, is there a sense of confusion from Bruno about why only one player has come in? No, I wouldn't say confusion. I think you've got to look at some of the players that have come in, come back in from elsewhere. So Gibbs White, for example... Conor Ronan has been given an opportunity, not to say that Wolves are necessarily going to rely on him as a, as a midfield signing, because I don't think that is the case, but he's been given an opportunity in pre-season and very well may stay with the club. Um, so there have been a couple of those scenarios as well. Um, I think Bruno understands where the club are at in terms of how it's run and how they want it to run and how they, you know, they look towards the sort of future stability of it. Every manager in any league for any club is going to want more signings or better signings than they've got but Bruno understands where the club's at so there's no confusion there but I do agree that for me that probably the I wouldn't say necessarily the only but probably the biggest concern I have is the squad depth again and that was what the same as what we were saying last summer is that they've lost more than they've brought in and I felt that the squad needed one or two more last summer as it was anyway so um, there's work to do on that front for me but equally there's you know the, the Bruno works very closely with Scott and Jeff and, and it's that committee, you know, people get fan, uh, fed up of hearing it, but that's what, what they call it. Um, it's, you know, it, they, they work on bringing these players in and, and he's very much a part of that. Do you like the goal music, says Adrian? Big debate about this. I don't know what that is. The goal music, the music that they play when Wolves score a goal. Oh, I didn't. I thought he was like talking about... Christ! Like the, I, you know, you know, Get me a new partner. I thought... I thought he was talking about the film goal, right. which I've never actually watched. I assume there's a debate whether whether they should play music at the end. Of... Um, it's it's quite an American thing, isn't it? Like playing. Mm. Well, clubs have done it for a long time. Though. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, I'm not against it. No, I'm not against it at all. I think, yeah, I think it's all right. 
Well, you know, they used to have the, the tune for Ebanks Blake when he used to score. And they, used to, they used to put that on, so... Uh, Gail, is Liam King going to cook a meal for you? You're going to cook, well, cook at one point? I, I have offered, but you did say to me last night that you're happy to keep cooking if I keep cleaning. So. Well, you were looking at pot noodles the other day, so I was getting a bit nervous. No. I was getting a bit nervous, You are Kino. such a liar. Oh, wow, I'm halfway wow, across the supermarket, wow, and you shouted over to me, Kino, there's pot noodles here. That is the only time it was mentioned. It's fine, it's fine. If you want it, if you want you it. You are a compulsive liar. You want to change, you want to change your opinion. You're sick in the head. Uh, you're ill. Matthew Scriven says, with Villa talking about redeveloping Villa Park with an eye on Euro 2028, is there a chance this could accelerate plans for Wolves to finally fix the eyesore that is the Steve Wolfstown and continue the Molyneux redevelopment plans as Villa Park is a direct rival to host games? Yeah, I think it's a very interesting and very good point, actually, and something I will look into, um, look into more because having just hosted England, um, men's and women's at Molyneux, Wolves are very keen to keep up those kind of relationships um, and to have, a, well, certainly uh, 2020, I believe, has been mentioned and reported with Wolves as well in that they're interested in having some sort of involvement there. So um, I could see it I could see it having an impact, certainly, but we have to remember the, the quotes from Jeff Shee that the first team uh, is top of the pile. That's what comes first. OK, I'm going to put you on the spot with the last question. Last one already. Right, here we go. <laughs> Bagnell, if everyone we have in the squad right now is fit, who's your starting eleven for Leeds away? Very good question. So, I will go with a 5-2-3. Cop-out. 5-2-3. Yeah, cop-out. Siren goal. Yeah, um, cop-out. I'm going to not play Collins because... Oh, I need, I, you know, I have to see him play first. I'm, I'll be, I, you know, I think, I think it's a very good signing. I think he'll do very well for us, and I think he'll play a lot of games. But I, before I've seen him, it's difficult for me to say he starts in my starting eleven. So I'll, okay. I'll go, Bolly on the right, Cody, and then Kilman on the left, for now. Right, Johnny left wing back, Samedo right wing back. They're my two starters. Do you think Samedo's going to start? Well, if he fit? No, no, no. He said if everyone's fit. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, if you read the question properly. Okay, 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 okay. Unbelievable. Go on, carry me out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll sh- give you that. The shock in your face. <laughs> you looked at me okay. there. Uh, Neves Moutinho, yeah. midfield two. Um, and then... Neto opponents, Gibbs White or Juan? No, I go... Gibbs White on the right. Neto on the left. Raul up top. Four, two, three. No, I didn't, I didn't say four. No. Oh, five. Yeah, okay, right. You're okay, very... interesting. I mean, no Collins. Have you been drinking? No Collins. <laughs> Please. Not yet. No Collins. I just said surprising. Surprising. Twenty million pounds. How can I? How can I sit here and say he's in my starting eleven when everyone's fit when I haven't seen him play in a wolf shirt mm. yet? Maybe ask me after the friendlies. Well, I might change my mind, but yeah. I haven't seen him play yet, so I can't. I, I think it's very difficult for me to say. Do I think he'll play a lot and play potentially ahead? Yes, I do. That's interesting, on Keenan. No, just, no, no, no. I'm not, yeah, not I, trying to change your mind. I'm just, I'm just very intrigued that you uh, that you had that opinion. No, it's good. It's good. I like it. I like, I like debate. Yeah. I like debate. We had debate uh, about um, our little excursion. This. Um, <laughs> yes. So talk to me. So I had a bit of a nightmare. Okay. That's so one way to put it. We um, for for this morning we didn't have any plans this morning. 
And so late last night, I thought, oh, well, I'll tell you what came out. And I looked at this tour from our Airbnb uh, hosts. And they're like, oh, you can do a little food and architecture tour of... So I'm like, oh, that'd be nice, mate. You know, a couple of hours out, we'll see what... Have a little few snacks and find out where the good places are. Do a little bit of walking, a little bit of history, a little bit of, you know, interest. And you're like, perfect, yeah? £25 a head. So booked it last night. Brilliant. Um, Keno being the navigator, as we've said... Uh, was the man to uh, map it out because we're like well how, you know, how far is the walk tomorrow 20 minutes 25 minutes no problem and, and people think that it's a joke when you say on the navigator you, mm. you genuinely sent me a screenshot of yeah. the location yeah. of the address and yeah. said find it where we need to go like, yeah. that is my job yeah well, I'm yeah. not having my battery deadened by, uh, by <laughs> my by phone GPS. has been constantly <laughs> running out of battery all <laughs> the last few days um, and uh, Liam says um so, mate, um, I feel like we can't walk it. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, it's a it's a 48-minute drive. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Bloody booked it in Alicante. It was Alicante. Not, not Benidorm. There's no, there's no such thing in Benidorm. Benidorm's there to get absolutely smashed and there's no other, no other place to do it. Um, so, yeah, I can't go to Alicante at 9, 9.15 a.m., so we've um, I'm trying to get a refund back but it's cost me bloody 50 quid that <laughs> it's so funny 50 quid all was... I've got back is a text saying thank you for your purchase no refunds I was crying oh. when, when you when devastating I, it was so funny devastating and to be honest it was in hindsight good that we didn't it was go cathartic because for you. well it was hilarious mm. in hindsight good that we didn't go because as we head out this morning uh, which was around about what was it around about just before 11 mm. we head out for our 5k mm. Um, I got a message that Max Kilman was available. Kilman? To, to interview. Maximilian? So, um, yes, very fortunate that this morning I interviewed Max Kilman and we will have some more of that on Monday oh, for people interested. Oh, um, hell. So, give that a little little plug before it uh, before it comes out. But, um, but yeah, so it was probably a good thing we weren't all the way in Alicante because it would have been uh, a little bit stressful getting that ready. I am a bit nervous, though, about tonight. Um, you've been You've been pulling pulling like a manged animal to try and get out um, and I've managed to managed to persuade you not to for the first three nights but um, this is going to be our night out tonight Saturday night we're going to go to the strip I'm nervous I'm going to have to uh, take a lot of uh, hand sanitizer with me I think <laughs> oh, I feel shocking. and uh, yeah I'm not uh, I don't know what I'm uh, Unleashing upon myself, but you feel like you're, you're ready, aren't you? You're ready to yeah, go. You're ready to have, have, have a bit of a night out. I said you can have one while you're here. You can have one night out when you're here. Liam's allowed his night out tonight. Don't get me wrong. I don't think we're going to be out until four or five in the morning. No. But you never know. You know. Oh yeah, I do know. And we won't be. You never know. No, no, I do. So no, I do. I'm like, I'm, yeah. We've got two sets of keys, so you know. True. Well, I'm not going to be on my own, am I? <laughs> it's just I don't know, mate. To be honest, you might find some friends out there. No, if there's a guy on our plane, imagine. Um, you might find it. Well, I said I, didn't, I shouldn't have shouldn't have googled this the other day. Everybody keeps on saying about Sticky Vicky. <laughs> so I googled Sticky Vicky last night. Apparently, he's a Benidorm legend. Retired now, by the way. Uh, FYI. Shame. Yeah, uh, you don't want to go and see Sticky Vicky or no. her daughter, who is now actually performing still. There's a lot of things shooting out of a lot of areas that you don't want <laughs> oh, to see. God. Yeah, can you imagine? I feel a bit ill. Yeah, I feel very ill. <laughs> it's not good. We'll be singing to a nice little tapas bar tonight. Yes. Maybe a, maybe a bit of Rioja now, or you'll be on the beard. You'll be on the beers, won't you? It'd be, yeah, no, it'd be nice to have a few beers. Grazing, getting out. I was, I suppose you said before, I was shocked at the prices. So mm. it'd be nice to have a few beers. Because we're in the quiet part, didn't we? We yeah. had a little wonder, but as soon as you turn the corner, wow. wow. It, yeah, it opened wow. up, didn't it? One, 150 euro pints. Ah. And, 
I love a few beers. You know, you could take me to something a little bit uh, fruitier, something more down, fruitier. something more down your line, well, maybe. There's a, there's, a, there's a few bits of fruit uh, that I can show you, my friend. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be, it'll, it'll be no nice to get a few beers and have a little bit of relax because you know we've had a you know a busy day's work, haven't we? We have, mate. Um, I'll put some some info in the tour diary. I would have thought uh, tomorrow, but I probably will be holding holding some stuff. You, from you, me. you might have to. Probably best, you might yeah. Have to. If any Wolves fans spot us, by the way, and fancy uh, you know get us a free drink. <laughs> wow, you always you're so tight, you know. It's got to be you're said. So Come on. tight. Come on. It's astonishing. In exchange for some information, I will. What information <laughs> are you going to give them? Oh, I'll make some up. Wow! Because you know, they, you know, so I'm not not putting it out there Absolutely. in the public domain. So then directly, they, they can, you know, just on the scrounge for three pints. Although saying that, they might, you know, drop something in it and try and get me a bit, uh, wa- <laughs> a bit wavy. <laughs> Wake up in a dodgy apartment. Oh boy! <laughs> now that will definitely make the tour diary. Right, we'll love you and leave you. I hope you've enjoyed the first of many podcasts this season. Remember, we're on tour. Thank you very much for supporting us. Hope you're enjoying all the content that we're putting out. And of course, uh, leave us your leave us your views on this. We will be again broadcasting on Thursday ahead of the big game against Bajiktas. But from me, from Kino, have a great weekend. We'll see some of you out here. Take care. Bye-bye.